Today's podcast is brought to you by Clean Energy. Guys, to perform at your best, you need to be adequately fueled before and after training. And one of my favorite ways to stay fueled and ready to go is with Clean Energy. Clean Energy is a clean label, certified organic smoothie, and a single serve packet that changes the paradigm for on-the-go sports nutrition. Unfortunately, many energy bars, drinks, and gels made today contain added sugars and lab-created ingredients, which your body may treat as toxins and could be detrimental to long-term health. On the contrary, Clean Energy contains only organic fruits and vegetables, and the result is more bioavailable energy in the short term and more healthful energy in the long term. Don't just take my word for it because in one year since its launch, Clean Energy is used by athletic departments across the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 conferences. Another awesome thing to see was Clean Energy was stocked in the women's Final Four locker rooms, and perhaps coolest of all, Clean Energy has been recognized by Runner's World in their annual fitness awards as a best food to eat before a run. I completely agree with this as I've used Clean Energy for a few weeks now, and it is my go-to pre-run snack. My favorite parts about it are its clean ingredients, delicious taste, and convenience that saves me many minutes every day before my run. Clean Energy is shelf-stable for months, durable and portable for whenever and wherever you go. Clean Energy is healthy energy for the long run of life. You guys can find Clean Energy's incredible product at cleansmoothie.com and on Amazon by searching for Clean Energy Smoothie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect podcast with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and a quick note before we dive right into today's episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Doing those two things greatly helps us out, and another thing you can do is think of a friend who would enjoy the podcast or be positively benefited as a result of listening and send the podcast or the episode their way. In doing so, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Today on the podcast, I have the privilege of speaking with Ted Voles. He is the founder of Clean Energy, uh, such a remarkable company that has made waves within the sports nutrition world. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation specifically the discussion surrounding creating a business and the ups and downs of it. I certainly related to many of the topics in trying to expand and grow this podcast and thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Ted and I know you will as well. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the one and only Ted Voles. Ted, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, Dominic. My first question for you, we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, March Madness just officially kicked off. Did you fill out a bracket? And if so, who do you have winning it all? <laughs> um, I filled out four brackets. I don't know if I should be embarrassed to admit that, <laughs> but I did fill out four brackets. And I, uh, <clears throat> I hedged my bets here. So I've got UCLA in one, Purdue in another, Arizona, and I'm blanking on the fourth one, but a diff- uh, UCLA, Purdue, Arizona, and somebody else. Love it. So we'll get into your years at Notre Dame, but when you were at Notre Dame, do you have any fond recollection of the years of March Madness during those four years? Did you get excited for it? What was the vibe on campus? Oh, definitely. Totally loved it. Totally loved um, my experience at Notre Dame. It's interesting you ask about the basketball program because I started at the exact same time that their head coach, um, now former head coach, Mike Bray, just started. So Bray started my freshman year. He actually came out to our dorm, which was awesome, and talked to us. And um, and I liked him, and he just you know he just announced he's uh, he's leaving Notre Dame recently. So lots of cool memories. He actually picked up the recruiting at Notre Dame, which is really cool. And um, I don't even remember how many 
uh, tournaments they got into when I was there, but the buzz was definitely growing with Mike Bray back on campus or on campus for the first time at Notre Dame then. I'm very curious in today's world, I know Notre Dame, your freshman year, if you end up attending, you get paired with, you, you have no choice over who you get to room with your first year, which is very unique. Most colleges, you know, you get to find a roommate, you get to pick them, and then you room with each other. Maybe it lasts a year, maybe it lasts all four. Notre Dame is very different in the sense you have no say the first year. Did that, was that a thing back when you went there? Or is that more new? That's, that's how it was when I was there too. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, it's funny because my roommate, who was randomly paired with me, so I was coming from Philadelphia, my roommate uh, was coming from Richmond, Virginia, and we emailed a couple times going into freshman year. Turned out to be one of my best friends to this day. Um, he was in my wedding. Actually, his wife is one of my wife's best friends. Um, so yeah, I got got lucky as one of my best friends ended up by chance as a roommate. I love that. So going back all the way to young Ted, what was he interested in? Were you interested in sports? I know you majored in, I think, accounting in college. Like, were you interested in Correct. accounting? Like, what, what was what was young Ted interested in? I would not say that I was interested in accounting. Um, <laughs> young Ted loved sports. Uh, so I played uh, football and ran track in high school. And track was um, more of just a compliment to football, a way to stay in shape and try to get faster. Um, so love sports, love playing sports, love following sports. Uh, and that fit in really well at Notre Dame, um, given that uh, a lot of people love sports there and it's a good sports uh, school to follow. So uh, that was a blast. And then running is just kind of carried on throughout my life. It started really in high school with track, uh, but it's carried on through us the rest of my life in a good way to stay in shape. And I actually started to get interested in like working out, lifting weights in high school as well in conjunction with football. And that's another thing that's kind of carried on throughout throughout my life. Today, what are the sports you're most passionate about watching? Is it basketball? Is it football? And also coming from Philadelphia, are you a Philly sports fan? Because not, not the best time right now with the, the Eagles going down in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So, so the team that I'm most passionate about is definitely Notre Dame football. I love Notre Dame football. Um, and... I do love basketball as well. I'm a big Sixers fan. Beyond that, I've moved around enough. So I'm from Philly, as I mentioned, live in Michigan now, lived in Boston for a while. Um, I've moved around enough such that I don't have any passionate allegiance to any pro sports team um, other than the Sixers, just because I've loved them since, uh, since being in Philly. A lot of friends and family are big Eagles fan, big Phillies fans, so I definitely root for them hard. Uh, but yeah, the passionate connection is with Notre Dame football, Notre Dame basketball, and then the Sixers. I love it. What's your What's your outlook on Notre Dame football? I feel like the last few years they've been up and down. So, what's your analyst perspective on on where the program's going, and do you think there's hope for making the playoffs in the coming years? I love where it's going. I love Marcus Freeman as most uh, Notre Dame fans do. I think Brian Kelly did an awesome job with the program, um, resurrecting it, bringing it back to national prominence, winning at an incredible clip. Um, and I think Marcus Freeman is the guy to take him to the next level. How quickly that happens, I don't know. That remains to be seen. Um, I have a hard time being objective uh, and, and separating between what I hope will happen and what I think may actually happen. But I think Marcus Freeman's gonna uh, bring the program to new heights, so I'm pumped for that. 
So I'm curious, high school Ted or even college Ted, would he ever have envisioned starting his own company? Was that even in the back of your mind as something you would want to do? Or were you more like, I'm just going to go the traditional path and we'll see where it takes me? Definitely not. Uh, I would not have guessed that I would be starting a company. um, And I didn't think that's where I was at. Uh, To be honest, I didn't really have any idea um, what I was looking to do professionally. I think I was just interested in sports and doing well in school and trying to do well um, in college. And so that led me to accounting. It was a very stable profession, um, learned quite a bit about business that I knew I was interested in. Started with one of the big four public accounting firms right out of Notre Dame and had a really good experience, learned a lot, met a lot of great people. It gave me some flexibility to move around city to city um to as i joke follow my wife around she was doing graduate school and so um that was kind of just the path that that i went on it wasn't anything you know manufactured or some great strategy laid out um but i knew along the way as much as i had a positive experience in public accounting i knew that it wasn't something that i wanted to do for the rest of my life Um, And so that's where I started to get the idea about potentially starting something on my own. And over the years, um, concocted, you know, what that might be and what might be the best nexus for um, where I think there's a opening in the market and a need in the market and where I have a particular interest and skill set to bring to bear. As you talked about, you worked at that particular accounting place from 2004 to 2020, if I'm not mistaken, you started clean energy. You and got it. Yeah, 2020 was when you started clean energy. What was the decision? Obviously, when you're at a place 16 years ish, like that's a that's a long time to be there. That's almost like almost <laughs> as old as me right now. So I can't even imagine. So like, what went from the decision to to being at that place? Obviously, being respected, making your way up throughout the company to then ultimately decide to leave and create your own thing. Like take us behind your thought process of something that was very stable for you. You were very successful in that area and then being like, I'm going to go all in on a passion, an idea. And that's what you've done. Lots of factors, right? And it had been brewing for years um, just to bring you through some of the factors. Um, so my my son had just been born uh, the August prior to me leaving um public accounting. And so starting something on my own would give me some flexibility to spend more time with him. Um, And that was something that was really intriguing and interesting. And um, as well, the pandemic had just hit. So we weren't sure that we wanted to send him to daycare like we had with our, uh, our other children. So those that was definitely a big factor. Um, I just found out that I didn't get a promotion that I wanted. Uh, so that was also a factor. And I thought, geez, I feel like I'm getting a lot of these signs. This is a thought that I've had for a long time about leaving and starting something on my own. Um, I know what the idea is. I know I want it to be clean label sports nutrition. I'm kind of ready to go. Um, and now with my son just being born, um, with the timing of finding out about the promotion with the pandemic where it was and not wanting to send my son, uh, to daycare, um, and having that flexibility, it was, uh, it just felt like everything, it was a confluence of, of factors that made the timing right. 
and the decision to do it had i feel like it had already been made it was more just about the timing at that point as you know as i know as our listeners know millions of people are passionate about sports and maybe even sports nutrition uh but particularly millions of americans and around the world are passionate about sports but very very few 0.001% actually contribute to it and create something like you've created to, to give back to the sport and also just the general population. Uh, I could speak to how you could use your product completely outside of sports, but sports minded, like what went into the decision? Obviously you were passionate about sports early on. You talked about doing football and track in high school, but like why, why sports? Why create a product within it? And what made you take the action to do it? Because many people had the ideas for years, but rarely actually act on it like you did. Yeah, thanks. Um, the, the main factors there were having always um, tried to stay in shape, continue to play recreational sports, whether it's races now or dad's league basketball and just lifting weights and running and stuff. Um, I've always been trying to fuel my body body well um, and the standard sports nutrition just has never done it for me um, whether you're talking about the sugary sports drinks or runners gels whatever you're looking at in the sports nutrition space most of it is added sugar and lab created ingredients and as i read about added sugar and lab created ingredients there's growing medical literature that that stuff is really not good for your body in the short term and the long term as well. For me personally, it just didn't sit well with me. Like I didn't feel good after I had a big sugar bomb of a sports drink or um, energy gel or even you know the sugary energy bars or protein bars. Um, so I found myself having a lot of the applesauce packets uh, with limited time and um, limited time to work out and then refuel my body. Uh, I found myself doing a lot of the applesauce, applesauce packets, quick, easy, healthy calories, some of which are clean labels, some of which are not. You have to watch out, you know, as you look at these packets, many of them have stuff in there that's not um, truly from nature, despite what they may say on the outside of the packet. So I kind of found myself in a bind of looking for healthy sports nutrition um, and and was kind of narrowed in on just applesauce packets. And so I wanted something that was beyond kind of just the standard applesauce. And uh, we love smoothies in our house. Thought the packet was a quick and easy way to, um, to, to transfer good, healthy nutrition. And that's, that's the genesis for the idea. It was a need for myself. Um, and it learned that it may be a need for others out there as well. I'm so interested. How did you go from having the, that idea to then putting it into place. Obviously, you can't make hundreds of smoothie packets out of your house. Like, I'm curious from a distribution standpoint, like, can you take me through your steps from having that idea to <clears throat> then putting it tangibly in action and figuring out the steps to make this dream become reality? So that was a long road. While I was still in public accounting, I was reaching out to a number of contract manufacturers who have the capabilities to supply and package. And, you know, I, I had no uh, background in this particular space, nor did I have any reputation with contract manufacturers at that point. So I was just cold calling, cold emailing, reaching out to any contract manufacturers that I thought uh, might listen to me. And that was a long journey, to be honest. That was over a year of talking with um, different companies and seeing if they would be willing to supply and package for me. I think I got a little bit of a break in the pandemic because one of the contract manufacturers who does some of the big 
the bigger brands out there. Um, I think they had a low in some, you know, in some of their demand at that point, and they decided to take me on. So uh, at that point, I gave them the recipe and the the clean label aspect that we were looking for. Uh, we went back and forth on some some samples until we got to the right spot, and uh, and they ultimately took me on. Which, yeah, I got a lucky break there. So take me behind the name Clean Energy. When did that come to you? Did you wrestle with a few different names and then settled on Clean Energy? Like what was your thought process behind the branding there? So the thought process was central to the brand, central to what I want to do is clean label sports nutrition. Um, Clean label meaning no added sugar and no lab created ingredients. And that's actually a term that um, you know, some are aware of, some are not, but I think is growing in popularity. And surprisingly, it's not, um, there are a lot of terms out there that are not well regulated by the FDA. A term like natural, for instance, um, you know, might be different than what people expect. People may see natural on a packaged food and, and it looks, um, it ends up being when you look at the ingredient list different from what they may expect. I found that frequently when I was kind of looking at sports nutrition and various products, even before I started clean energy, just as a consumer, I'd always been interested in what's in the packaged food that I'm consuming. Um, so to bring that to the name, I wanted something that totally associated with, um, clean label sports nutrition and associated with clean label and refueling calories energy um so clean energy is a term that many people are familiar with more so in the you know in the uh, the green energy renewable energy space but i thought it had good nexus to sports nutrition and and fit um fit really well one of the challenges with it is that because of the renewable energy space people might have a um you know, from search terms, SEO, there's a challenge there. Uh, and then obviously the, the website clean energy wasn't available. Um, but the connection is then to clean smoothie smoothie is helps give some people the idea of the texture, uh, and the type of product that you're going to. So it kind of all fit together, uh, clean energy at clean smoothie.com. So the ingredients in your packet right now are banana, strawberry, blueberry, spinach, and flaxseed. Uh, it's all in an incredible smoothie packet. Uh, it's super delicious. I shouldn't say I highly recommend. Everyone knows I highly recommend it at this point, but I do <laughs> highly recommend. Um, I'm curious, why did you settle on those ingredients as like the core tenant of this product? Like, was there a specific different variations of this you talked about testing early on like take us behind that process of figuring out okay you have this desire to make a you know a clean label a clean energy product for this community but like what were the steps to have the correct ingredients that you thought paired well with each other and fulfilled this need in addition to being clean label the the other elements were something that tasted good and something that had um, fruits and vegetables in it bananas are always a go-to for me personally um, so that was kind of central to the ingredient list. And then just trying to bring in healthy fruits and veggies beyond that and what fit well with each other uh, and what tasted good in combination. Um, bananas, blueberries, a little bit of the flaxseed was also important. So you had some um, fiber and a touch of protein also. Um, but beyond that, it's not confined to uh, you know those particular ingredients. We'd love to continue to roll out flavors 
and actually surprised that we've grown as we had with a single flavor to date. Um, but yeah, the premise of the premise of clean energy, clean label sports nutrition is less about one flavor and one ingredient list and more so about clean label sports nutrition. So that's something I'm very fascinated to, fascinated to ask you about, both as a, a big believer in it, but also as a, someone who like really enjoys this stuff. I was always curious, like, when are you going to come out with the second iteration or maybe another product? What's that look like if you can share? Like, are you planning on coming out with a second different flavor or a new product? Or like, what does that look like from a future perspective? Yeah, we'd love to do a second flavor. I think as a small startup, it's always touch and go. You know, we need to continue to see growth. Uh, we need to continue su to support our capital needs. The next flavor that's in the works currently uh, is a pineapple mango uh, based smoothie. Um, so that it'll be some iteration of that. And we're kind of working through, is it going to have coconut in it? Will it not have coconut in it? We know that it will not have banana in it. There are a lot of banana lovers out there like myself. And then there are those that do not like bananas. Um, so we know that it won't have banana in it. And we know that it'll be a pineapple mango uh, potentially with coconut is what we're working towards. So as you mentioned previously, so many of the classic bars that athletes or just the general populace eats that claim to be, you know, healthy for you or natural ingredients and flavors, you know, you look on the back and it's like, never heard of this oil, you know, wow, that's <laughs> a lot of added sugar, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So I'm curious as, as someone who loves the brand, love what you do, have you ever considered maybe going into the space of like protein bar or, or things like that? I think there's opportunity for that at some point. Um, that's not in the near term for us. I think the bar space is already pretty crowded and um, there's some great bars out there that are moving towards cleaner label. Um, and so, so that's not in the near term for us. I also think when you get into the bar space, particularly if you're looking at like a, um, a protein bar, it's hard to get clean label protein because once you're creating a packaged food with protein um, to make it taste good and for it to be shelf stable starts to be very challenging in the bar space. Um, so that's not, that's not in the near term for us. So you start this company, you figure out the manufacturing, you have the product. What was the plan to grow the brand to the point to where you're at now where you know we've seen it in the woman's final four locker rooms things like that that are truly remarkable and i'm sure a dream of yours when you first started it can you kind of take us through your growth strategy and how you've gotten to this point yeah that's all it's all work in in progress we're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work and you know as we talked about my background is in uh accounting i have my cpa license so so marketing is all um <laughs> learning along the way here um, we've hired people at various points, whether in the PR space, whether in digital marketing. Um, but a lot of it, to be honest, I'm doing on my own just because that stuff is really costly. And because I know, um, I feel most strongly about the brand, right? And I, I know what I want to promote versus what I don't want to promote. Uh, and then cost concerns as well. Like, um, I want to be focused on what I think is most authentic with the brand. So. A lot of what we done, we've done has been through social media, um, working with athletes, collegiate, high school, professional, trying to um, work solely with athletes that feel strongly about our brand, clean label sports nutrition, 
uh, and sharing the product with them and having them share the product with their teammates, friends, family. Um, and that's a big, been a big part of our growth and has been exciting to see um, the response from athletes around the country in so many different sports and regions and demographics. And that's been cool, cool to see. And that's where we'll continue to push is work with athletes all across the board in any sport, in any region, in any demographic, any university, pro, high school, um, collegiate. So you mentioned, or I mentioned uh, the Final Four example, another really cool one, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Runner's World named Clean Energy one of the best uh, fuels before a run. You've had all these sorts of different validations like that that show the product is not only like getting out there, but truly being valued. And that's the biggest thing because as you're saying, then more people tell their friends, their family about it. And that's how the word spreads. When you see those things, how do you find out about them? Is it like you turn on the TV and you see your product or like with Runner's World, do you let, do they let you know ahead of time that, Hey, we're featuring your product? Like what, what have been those different points when either an athlete or a company like Runner's World features it? Like, how do you find out? They do reach out to us typically ahead of time. It's different you know, whether it's in a publication or like the final four, for instance, we think that's pretty cool because one of our customers, one of our university customers was hosting the final four. Uh, and so they liked the product so much, they wanted to stock it for the teams that were in the final four in, uh, in their home stadium. So that was really cool. And they let us know that ahead of time. Um, same thing with runner's world. So we typically have a heads up ahead of time and, uh, we just try to get that um, that word out there of, Hey, here's some of the validation that we've received that we think is important, that we think is aligned with what we're trying to do. Uh, and we try to get that, that, that buzz and that word out there. And, th- and thanks for your help with that, Dominic. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. <laughs> and that's a big thing. And I've said this with, with previous companies before, but like, I will only work with, with companies I'm passionate about, or in your case, reach out to companies that I'm very intrigued by the product and then I try it out. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. I mean, I have your smoothies every single day and normally one of my family members is like, hey, Dominic, can I have one? Because they like it too, right? And that's, I think, a unique thing with your awesome. product too is it's far bigger than sports, right? One thing about humans is there are very, very few commonalities that we all have and one of them is that we have to eat every day to survive legitimately. <laughs> and it's like, well, what are you fueling your body with, right? Because that not only affects performance, on the on the track on the court but it also affects performance in your day-to-day life whether it's school whether it's work and i think that's something maybe you could speak to this about your product that makes it really cool is that sure it is athlete focused in some sense but nutrition is something that all eight billion humans know about right so it's it's almost easy to talk about because it's like okay what are you eating and it's kind of the example of that i like to use of like a Ferrari, right? You have a Ferrari, you want it to perform as best as possible. So naturally you're going to put in the best fuel. You're not going to put in absolute junk. It's not going to perform its best. Same way with our bodies. You know, we have to treat it right in order to get the most out of it. So could you maybe talk to that a little bit and, you know, this product being bigger than, bigger than the sports world. You're totally right. Uh, And that's totally in the back of our mind. Um, we're primarily a sports nutrition company, and that's the brand, that's the starting point, but the use case spreads exponentially beyond that. Uh, personally, I love to go out and hike um, and ski and do all sorts of outdoors stuff. Clean energy is great for that, right? We can throw it in a backpack. Um, use cases are abounding just at home. You're running around as a parent, as a student, uh, and you need some quick 
healthy calories. You know, we think the use case is there very obviously. So yeah, we think it's a wonderful product in the sports space uh, and well beyond that. And I know and can speak to that personally. It's funny, actually, we, um, so my sister-in-law had a baby about two years ago. She sent me a picture of, uh, in the hospital delivery room, her having some clean energy prior to giving birth. She wanted some healthy calories and, uh, that was a quick and easy way to do that before she went into delivery. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, so that was the most, that was the most unique use case that we've seen <laughs> thus far. Thus far. I love that. Awesome story. I'm curious from, from your business perspective, trying to grow this thing. Uh, what are the, what are the biggest challenges you faced along the way and trying to start and create and grow clean energy? Two, probably that I point out one is just getting our brand awareness out there. Um, you know, very few people know clean energy at the moment relative to your big brands. And that's because over years they've had tons of money to put into getting their brands out there. Um, so, so that's a big challenge for us, being able to get our brand name out there, our brand awareness out there, um, tell our story, have people understand who we are and what we're trying to do um, and get our product out there to as many people as possible. And then <clears throat> relatedly, uh, capital, having the capital to be able to um, launch more flavors, create more brand awareness, do more digital marketing, um, spend on strategic sponsorships, all types of things like that um, are, are a challenge for, for a new young startup like ourselves. What excites you most about clean energy? You think to the next year, five years, 10 years, like what, what gets you out of bed excited about the company? Well, right now, the exciting part is just the, the athletes that are enjoying and using our product. So uh, we've talked about how we had to have an NFL team that's ordered for two uh, years in a row now, and that's super exciting. And um, I, as a uh, startup, I didn't have any pre-existing relationships with any of these teams or universities. I was just doing cold calls and cold emails. And so one of the NFL team uh, registered dietitians for the NFL teams got back to me, was really interested in the product, really interested in the concept. Um, and so we've had a you know ongoing relationship since then, since reaching out a couple of years ago, <clears throat> and they use the product um, each year. They like it in uh, for away games. So they have a smoothie bar in their home stadium. So, so their athletes can use the smoothie bar pretty easy and conveniently, but in away games where they don't have access to all the nutrition they want, this is something clean energy is something that they can bring with them easily and use during a halftime of a game to quickly refuel, um, energy calories and, uh, and not be overfilling. So that, that example right there is just one example of that gets me super excited about what we've created and, and hopefully where this can go in the future. Kind of midterm, what gets me excited is trying to launch more flavors, trying to continue to grow, trying to get the brand name out there so that more people know about it. And so that more athletes that are like me and are interested in clean label sports nutrition and don't want to consume the sugar and the, the lab created ingredients have access to something healthy in an easy, convenient, accessible way. Um, so that's super exciting. And then you alluded to it earlier, Dominic, I think there's, um, 
the brand has a lot of room to grow just beyond smoothie packets. The idea of clean label sports nutrition, I think, is a has um, incredible legs to it. So growing beyond just uh, packets, that's definitely the starting point. And I think that's a great way to have clean label sports nutrition. But growing beyond that is something that's really cool in the, the long, long term. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm excited to, to follow along all of that and, and see the growth happen. Confident it will happen. So in the in the back seat, watching it all go down, excited to watch it. I'm curious. Uh, I'm not saying I have this kind of money, nowhere close to it. But let's say I, <laughs> I write you a check for a million dollars just for the sake of the example. What are you doing with that money to, to grow the brand? <laughs> so it's three things. One is launch more flavors. Two is put significant money into... Um, digital marketing, brand awareness efforts. And then three is strategic sponsorships. So there are lots of organizations out there for registered dietitians, for collegiate and professional sports teams um, that are sponsored by many of the big sports nutrition companies. And that allows them to get in front of those teams, collegiate and professional, um, and share their story, talk about their brand, and support those registered dietitians or teams or universities um, in whatever endeavors they're doing. So that's that's really important to, to, uh, to something that we'd like to do is kind of engage in strategic sponsorships. A few final questions for you. If you could go back to Ted, the day he started Clean Energy and have a conversation with him, what would be one piece of advice you would give to that version? I would say, and maybe this is something that I should have known already having listened to many stories about startups, I would say don't get too caught up in the ups and the downs of the journey along the way. Um, Because there are days where you have great successes and it's super exciting and you think that's going to continue. And then there are days, maybe the next day where you have lots of failure and lots of people not responding, um, or, or providing ample rejection. Um, and I think the key is just continuing to push through it and work through it and staying true to who the brand is, who you are, what you're trying to accomplish and, uh, and work towards those goals. I'm curious not to drag this out too long, but you mentioned it, so I have to to dive deeper into it. You talked about rejection. That's something that us humans face all the time, and I'm sure I can definitely relate to because, you know, the amount of emails from potential guests that don't get responded to, it's it's probably in the hundreds at this point. It's something that you just learn to deal with, and there's a saying that I love, maybe a bit corny and cliche, but rejection is just a redirection. So how have you kind of dealt with rejection and trying to make relationships and things happen, but ultimately naturally, you know, being rejected in certain circumstances? It's, I'm still learning how to deal with it effectively. I think in public accounting, it was extremely stable and there was a very clear path on working with people and where you were going and what you were doing. Um, I joke about how a lot of what I was doing in public accounting was putting out fires and now as a startup, I'm trying to create fires and create awareness and cre- create that excitement. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's hard and it's definitely new and rejection in a new way for me and rejection in a new volume for me. As I said, I was reaching out to and have been reaching out to all sorts of teams and um, collegiate athletic departments and many don't respond. And so I take a lot of that rejection personally, and that's really hard. Uh, but it's offset by the wins that you experience. 
And I think if you feel what I've tried to rest on is if I'm comfortable and confident in what I'm trying to accomplish, which is create a great product, create a great brand um, that will resonate with people, um, then I have to kind of just put the rejection aside and continue to work towards what I'm trying to work towards. Okay, one final serious question for you. In the almost, what are we coming up on? Three years of the company, what are the biggest lessons that business has taught you? Mm, I think it goes back to pushing beyond rejection. I think that is a big learning element of a startup that that uh, I'd never experienced before. And so I would definitely... Um, I would definitely point to that as one of the biggest learnings. The other element is the obvious one of as a CPA trying to um, promote and market my my brand um, and the clean energy brand, that's all learning. Like the social media element, um, I use social media a little bit before um, I launched the startup, but not, not that much and certainly not to the extent that I'm using it now. Um, so that was a big learning element. And then also being a salesperson, I don't think that's naturally in my, in my wheelhouse, but that's something that I've had to try to strengthen and develop as I'm reaching out to teams and trying to promote and sell the product. That's something certainly that's, uh, that's been a big, uh, learning curve for me. When you think to your, your favorite sports, your favorite teams, your favorite athletes is there a particular athlete or team that's a dream athlete or team that you would love to see the clean energy packet in their hand one day that's interesting you know i think i used to have kind of those thoughts but now it's more about we want to have an athlete that it resonates for them right we want to work with athletes that um are passionate themselves about um clean label sports nutrition if there was an athlete that I wish was passionate about, and maybe, I don't know, um, you know, a big time athlete like a LeBron that has a, a big name, big following. LeBron, somebody that I respect quite a bit with everything he's done with giving back to um, to students and kids. And um, so he's certainly somebody that, that jumps out as having an incredible reach. Somebody that I think, um, somebody that I think obviously takes great care of his body if he's been able to be as successful as he has been uh, in the NBA for as long as he has been. And then somebody that I personally respect for having been in the spotlight for as, as long as he's been and really having limited like dust ups and, and bad moments and then giving back the way he has um, to kids and to, I think he does like a scholarship program where if kids from his hometown in Ohio graduate with a certain GPA, you'll actually pay for their college. So I think that's really cool. Um, so LeBron might be a, you know, a, uh, an obvious one, but that, that would be pretty darn cool if he was, uh, if he was promoting clean energy. Well, LeBron, if you're listening, what you are, <laughs> give Ted an email. <laughs> um, Ted, I'm curious, what is the most amount of clean energy packets you've ever consumed in a day? <laughs> uh, Probably six to eight um, as I'm trying out different flavors and doing different activities. Um, on a normal day when I'm exercising, I like one before and or after. Um, so I'm normally at like a two a day on my uh, on my workout days. And then uh, 
you cannot include clean energy on this on this answer. So that can be his appetizer or whatever you want to, but don't include it in your answer. <laughs> if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? <laughs> so I, I make a um, an apple sausage chili that is somewhat popular around my house, and I got the recipe from some buddies in college. We kind of developed it together when we were studying abroad. So that is that's one of the the more favorite dishes around my house that I make, and I definitely give uh, Gordon a, an opportunity to sample and provide some feedback. I love that. Well, Ted, thanks for all you do in in the sports nutrition space, and also for coming on the podcast today and supporting the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. You're welcome back on anytime, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Dominic, thanks so much. Appreciate you having me on. Great to. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.